Welcome to the Hallmark Cafe. I'm Michael. And I'm Diane. Come on in. Your table is ready. Well, it's another beautiful day here at the cafe. Lovely day, lovely view out the window. We are, as uh, as we have been doing, uh, wrapping up, if I may say that. You can say it. Christmas movies for Hallmark, Christmas 22. And we have a bunch of movies on today's uh, today's episode. That's right. It's a full plate. And uh, as usual, we start with our uh, main course. And we have chosen for our main course... Holiday Spectacular. A Holiday Spectacular. Love this movie. This is a really good movie. This was a big deal for Hallmark, big production. It, it aired on November 27th, uh, which was right at uh, Thanksgiving. The yeah, that's big right. Big weekend there. So, uh, and I think they were expecting you know a lot of people to tune into it. And, and it really is a good movie. It starred Gina Claire Mason as Maggie. And Derek Kalina as John. Those are our main characters. But it all. But all, there's a lot of main characters in this. True, I but mean, it also there's... it also featured the fabulous Anne Margaret. That's right. Which was great. That was a major yeah. uh, coup for uh, for the network. So uh, well, let's, let me let me tell you what the movie's that's about. That's a good idea. It's a movie that's set in 1958, and uh, it, it's a it's 1958. If you if you think back, if you can remember that far back, I can remember. I can't remember. You were just. I can only remember 1957. No, no. and I I don't remember 58 at all. Yeah. But uh, in, in the in 1958, Maggie, played by a newcomer to Hallmark, Gina Claire Mason, is a young girl from a wealthy family in Pennsylvania. She dreams of being a dancer with the Radio City Rockettes. After secretly auditioning for and then winning a spot with the dancers, she contrives a plan to sneak away to New York City to appear in the show while telling her parents and fiancé she's going there to plan her wedding. You did that once, didn't you? No, I didn't. I, okay. I did not Okay. S- sneak away. I thought you did. But I, okay. I didn't. Okay. Anyway, uh, while there, she discovers uh, uh, she loves the independent woman she's becoming, and she falls in love with John, played by Derek Kleena, who is a young man with aspirations of being a professional photographer, but uh, first, and they have a very funny meet-cute. They do, yeah. Very it's a, typical. It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Ingenue meets, uh, you know, rough and ready guy mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the street. Will you carry my bags? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, that before uh, John can be a uh, photographer, he has to tell his parents, break it to them, that he won't be taking over the family store, which in the 50s, that was a big thing. So this movie is told in flashbacks. And uh, the present day Maggie is played by the incredible Anne Margaret, who has not, like, missed a step She's fantastic. She's she's amazing. Anyway, she's telling her young granddaughter the story in order to inspire her to audition for that year's Radio City performance of The Nutcracker. So the the movie is a feast, if I may use that word, a feast for the senses, with the Radio City Music Hall taking center stage. The the period costumes, the look of the brownstone-lined streets... Uh, the cars, the color palette, everything comes together with a with a really great script to tell the story of a dynamic, changing time for women in the mid-20th century. So the supporting cast, the costumes, everything about this movie was so delicious. Brilliant casting. Uh, also, uh, and I want to mention Eve Plum. It makes uh, her... Uh, I don't know if she's been in a Hallmark oh, movie before. N- I don't lots, think she's been in Hallmark, but she's but, done but a lot of But lots of projects as John's mom, and she was great. So. Eve Plum from, uh, she probably is going to hate me saying this, from the Brady Bunch, but truthfully, 
she's one of those uh, child actors who really uh, grew into a great uh, adult actor, and it's great to see her in this movie. Yeah, so. she was really But good. I do want to point out some of the creative people behind this movie. It was written by Julie Sherman Wolf, who is just a fantastic uh, Hallmark writer. She's terrific, written some really great movies for the network. John Putsch is the uh, director, and John is the son of Gene Stapleton. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, that, that... The, the wonderful actress, Gene Stapleton. And um, uh, he is now currently oh, directing... <laughs> what? He's now currently directing... <laughs> I've never heard you do that one before. That's really good. Uh, he's now currently directing... I'm the... here all week. <laughs> We're blessed. Uh, he's now currently directing the Biltmore Christmas movie. Oh, yeah, the synthetic movie that's shooting... Uh... In, in one of those Carolinas, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's exciting. Uh, uh, it, the, it's brilliantly directed. Uh, the the uh, art direction, everything about the cars, the, the, the dancing, costumes, the dancing scenes were amazing. Yeah. I felt like I mean I've been to see the Rockettes. I've been to uh, me too. I, yeah, I lived in New York City for a, a time in the early nineties, and uh, I actually went to Radio City Music Hall to see the 1991 Grammys. Wow. And uh, that was really something. I don't, you know, it's a long time ago. I don't have a huge memory of all the performers. I mean, there were, it was a who's who of the early 90s. But um, I do remember getting out of the, the limo with my then boyfriend and uh, who was working at a record label at the time. Yeah. And that's how we went. And, uh, you know, getting out of it, the, the red carpet and the like, the, the photographers and they're all snapping pictures and I just kind of keep walking up to the door. Is that one of those, like, who's like, that? And he's like, oh, she's nobody. I know, pretty much. Well, she didn't act like anybody. So I, I didn't know what to, what I was doing. I was just going to see That's a hilarious. show. It was hysterical. It's like, so I was like hey, honey, some, where are you, why are you standing back there getting your picture taken? Fun, oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I turn around and he's gone and I'm like, he's still standing back there getting his picture taken, smiling at everybody. I'm like, oh, I think I... I think I was supposed to do something different. <laughs> anyway, so, but uh, that was, I, I think I, the thing I remember most is that, and also the, the lobby and the, um, the, it was just so beautiful. The colors, the art deco art, mm -hmm. the, it was just, the, it was just like walking back in time. And I was beautiful. there many years before that, uh, when we lived in New York State and I was in junior high school, uh, we went to the Radio City Music Hall a couple of times and I went, I remember going there at Christmas uh, 1970 to see the movie Scrooge and of course the Rockettes uh, the black and white version no the color version oh with the that, color version with Albert Finney oh it's a musical okay. it's yeah, still yeah, one yeah. of my favorite movies and so uh, of course we love the movie you're not going to break into song right now <laughs> thank you very much uh, so uh, of course before the show of course the Rockettes come out and they do the big Christmas dance number which I think is somewhat similar to what they mm, do now probably. and what's depicted in this movie and then a, a guy playing a big Wurlitzer organ comes out of the wall and, you know. Out of the wall. I'd like to see that. I'm serious. It was bizarre. And, and I know it's a huge stage. It's unbelievable place. It's, it's incredible. I recommend anybody go to any event at this uh, building because there's not a bad seat in the house. Uh, you really do feel like you're going back in time. There's just, right. it's and, just so incredible. And so many famous movies were debuted there like White Christmas and To Kill a Mockingbird and Breakfast, Breakfast at Tiffany's. All the big movies were always yeah. premiered at the hall and so it's really something if you go to new york you've you've got to go play to see this place i mean just just go into the bathroom alone to see the bathrooms are unbelievable the art deco <laughs> bathroom so check it out but anyway with we attendance get back usually. to the movie the okay. movie depicts all of this very well we get to be in the hall uh or in certainly in the lobby and as and mark is telling her story and then uh we go back in time of course to see how things were in the 50s um 
and it's it's just so well done. You feel like you're really, really there. Yeah, and if I, I just want to say one thing that it's not very accurate because in the '50s you would not have had, unfortunately, an African American performer on the stage, and because that didn't happen until the late '80s. Uh, but um, uh, the actress who played that part, who played Alice, was Tiffany Denise Hobbs. Yeah. Terrific. And, uh, and it was terrific. And, and you know, even though it wasn't, it, I mean, this isn't a documentary, but, and frankly, I'd rather see a movie the way I'd like to see a movie. And I'd like to think that history was anyway. It didn't really take away from the movie, but I did notice it. It was like, hmm, would that have happened? But I have to remind myself sometimes these are Hallmark movies and it's the way life should be. That's true. Plus, I always just look at an actor like there's an actor playing a part. She's really good. I mean, yeah, no, that's true. I think probably that's the way we should look at life. So, Uh, just I want it to be that way. I was more disturbed there was a. It's more that way now. I was more disturbed there was a sixty-two Ford that drove by in nineteen fifty-eight, and you know, I'm. I'm Is that true? Did you? Yes, there was. Well, the in the extended version, I was watching it, and because it was really accurate when I saw the the cut version, but when I watched the extended version, they had one scene where the the theater's outside, and there goes a 62 Ford taxi. I said, no, no, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. (laughs) It's because I know cars. Sorry. (laughs) You always catch those things. Anyway, it's a really, really, really fine movie. I mean, just the way that they um, put the dance scenes together and then had the the actors in there, even though most of these Mm -hmm. people were Rockettes, obviously. But the way they, they cut it and shot it and edited it, it was just really great. And the, the, the costumes, the colors, the everything, it was really great. And, cost- and it was a, really, it's a story about two people who are trying to find their way to their dream. And uh, they both have to sneak around a little bit, but then they realize they just need to come out with it and, you know, tell people what they are and, and who they are and what they want. And yeah, and that's a good, I thought it was a really timeless story of pursuing your dreams mm-hmm. as a young person. Yeah. I thought that was really great. And especially for women, especially in that generation. I mean, you know, you look at it now through today's lens and you think, well, what's the big deal? Just go do what you want. But right. in the 50s, that didn't happen. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you had roles to play in your own life according to your own economic strata. Right. And, and that's the way it was. So that's it for that movie, and uh, we will be right back with our dessert. We've recorded two original Christmas songs on our two-song single, Christmas in Maine. There's snow on the beaches and ice on the lakes And the glow from the fire is all that it takes To warm all the love for you my heart Both of our Christmas songs are available on Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and others to download or stream. Or visit thekillins.com to hear these songs and more of our music. Welcome back to the Hallmark Cafe. This is uh, 
already just a, a very tasty show. I, I like it. I like everything we've been talking about so far. Yeah, and, uh, and it's always great to talk about Christmas movies. They're fun. So, and, and this year's Hallmark movies, what a diverse group of movies. I, I it boggles my mind. To yeah. see. I mean, we watched all of them. Yeah. And uh, these are the, of course, are the ones that we picked out to talk about. But um, anyway, today. Uh, after our main course, uh, now we're going to have dessert. Mm. And dessert's always a big thing here at the Hallmark Cafe. That's so, right. Uh, in fact, it's so big that today we have two desserts and an after dinner. Oh, man. Right. So, All right. Uh, but this uh, this first dessert we're going to talk about is um, it is a Ghost of Christmas Always. It's a movie that was directed by R.C. Newey, and it was written by Zach Hug and Anika Marks. All right, and uh, when did it air? Uh, it aired on October 30th, which was interesting because, of course, it's it's hard to believe it's a Christmas movie before Halloween, but that's what it was. That's but, what it was. But it was appropriate for the, the type of movie that it is. So That is very true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it, it's a ghost story, so yeah. why not? Yeah. Why not combine the two holidays completely? So let me tell you what it's about. Um, Arlene, Roy, and Catherine are three Christmas ghosts who spend December 23rd every year, because they need, I guess, now they need more time, according to them, uh, every, every year since their deaths on Christmas Day, uh, scrooging people who have lost their Christmas spirit. On one particular case, Catherine and her two co-ghosts are in her hometown of Hartford, Connecticut, when she decides to stay for the night after their job is through and wander through her old neighborhood. She is in an old restaurant when Peter Barron walks in and sees her. And sees her, something that isn't supposed to happen. No, you're not, not supposed not to see supposed a ghost. to be seeing a ghost. The following year, the three are tasked with scrooging Peter Barron, and when they appear in his apartment, he remembers Catherine, which also isn't supposed to happen. Right. Uh, and some hilarity ensues mm-hmm. there. Uh, though Peter doesn't seem to have a great lack of Christmas spirit, he decides his life would be more fulfilling if he doesn't take over the family business, which is run by his father, who definitely lacks Christmas spirit. The three ghosts return to their home base, thinking they have done their job, where they find out they've been sent to the wrong Peter Benson, and it actually was the father who was in line for the scrooging. Because the three ghosts have used up their allotted magic... They... I did want to correct you. What? Peter Benson, not the director. Peter, Peter Barron. Barron. What? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get letters Peter from Benson. Peter Benson. You were in this movie. Sorry, Peter. You're not supposed Peter to be Barron. a ghost. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. I was just watching that he just directed. Uh, That's some right. Other movies. So it must have been in my mind. Yeah. One of my favorite directors and actors. <laughs> okay. Back to Peter Barron. It was actually the father who was in line for the Scrooging, uh, because the three ghosts have used up all their allotted magic. They must get the son Peter to do the Scrooging on his own father, and he only has eight hours to do it. Um, this script is really clever. It's really funny. It has some twists that you can't blink and still get the movie, actually. No, you've got to watch um, this. Every act, something's going on. Something's so. going on. And it, and like any good movie, everything that's going on leads you to the conclusion. Exactly. So you yeah. have to get all the clues. Uh, anyway, um, and I just want to mention that Arlene is played to a sarcastic perfection by Laura Tanshin and Roy... He, played by Reginald Vell Johnson. He, he's such a wry character. Uh, they are the, the savory to balance out the sweet. Yeah. I've been watching the British Baking Show. I guess so, yeah. yes. Anyway, um, this is a really, really good movie. Um, I, again, a movie that I actually had to watch a second time because by the time I got to the end, I was like, wait, what? what, where, it, yeah. what, is, what is happening here? <laughs> where is she going? It's a bit of a mind bender, this yeah. movie. Yeah. So it's a great uh, twist on the classic Scrooge 
uh, and they poked some fun at it here and oh, there. Oh man, there's in some one of the scenes where Peter Benson, Baron, not Benson, <laughs> says, um, you know, oh Scrooging, I know this, uh, you know, Bill Murray, that was my favorite version. So and it's really say, funny. Is that the musical one where they sing at the end? And that's about Scrooge, the Albert Finney movie. Yeah. The great references are. It's terrific. really funny. They don't. Yeah. They don't. Uh, they don't hold back from but the making movies, fun of themselves. The so. movie's moving along at a pretty good clip. I mean, you, you've really got to stick with it. And it, at times, of course, it's the absurd, we're up in heaven kind of thing. You know, you have to kind of well, go along with it. is it heaven? Who knows? Whatever. It's, not. it's just it's a Scrooge version but of it. But then some so. scenes are very down to earth. And, and uh, you know, it's not all just a bunch of wacky hijinks. I mean, it's uh, yeah. there's, there's a lot of depth to it. Yeah. And Kim Matula is really, really great uh, playing the part, uh, yeah. playing the lead. Catherine. And who plays Peter Baron, not Benson? Uh, that's Ian Harding. Yeah, he's and really he, good. He's great very comedic funny. timing. Um, very, very good. I mean, these guys, great. Everybody wants a sequel. So you yeah, know. It, basically, it's a movie about you know uh, the kindness of Christmas mm-hmm. and, and and in the end and uh, following your path. So right. I, I just it's 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 a good movie. It's worth watching. It's a great so kind of twisty ending. You just go with it and say what's going on here. It's it's really I, I would say one of the top movies that hallmark put out this year i, I would say so. so and again i think this was done by synthetic who i believe they they're did, based yeah. in connecticut so why not hartford i it guess was, that was pretty obvious they just went s- down the street if you see shoot. hartford in the movie it's hartford so yeah. which is really great so that's great to see different part of america you know so uh, i anyway, give it our, a big our, big thumbs up for me i loved it yeah two cups of coffee for me i guess <laughs> are we rating these things now no we're not I, that, after, was, that was just silly two cups of coffee we, we would just be like tough, them all I mean, so uh, anyway, our second dessert is uh, it's really another really interesting movie. Kind of goes along with this one. Yeah, I think so. It's it's got some ghosts in it. It's got some uh, uh, historical reference, and uh, so uh, this one, uh, the second dessert, is uh, "Twas the Night Before Christmas." And uh, when when did this air, Michael? This aired on December seventeenth. Yeah, so we're jumping around here, but that's okay. Yeah, we just—that's why we wanted to watch everything before we did our podcast because we just want to pick the movies we really want to talk about, correct? So, and put them together in a way that's fun. So it was directed by Gary Yates, and uh, it was from a play. Not Hallmark does a lot of stuff from books and, of course, original stories, but not too often from plays. Um, and um, so uh, uh, J. Uh, C. J. Cox wrote the uh, screenplay along with Gary Yates, but it's based on a play and the. The two guys that wrote the play are credited as well, so we'll talk yeah. about that in a little while. No, so. it's really good. So, um, so all right, but you have to you have to kind of follow me here. I got confused even writing it down, but it's a uh, um, "Twas the Night Before Christmas" is a movie about a play based on a true story of a play that was uh, actually staged in New York, in Troy, New York, uh, back in December of 2013. And uh, it, what it does is it characterized a, a trial that was held to decide who actually wrote the poem "Twas a Night Before Christmas," which back in the day was originally called "A Visit from Saint Nicholas." I will I'll interject to say that the the play had the very uh, you know exciting title of "Livingston versus Moore: Who Really Wrote a Visit from Saint Nicholas?" That was the name of the play. So, yeah, I'm catchy, glad they didn't use that name. for the movie because <laughs> didn't doesn't really jump off the page. But um, so uh, originally. Uh, Moore claimed to have written it, but he only did so 20 years after it appeared anonymously in the paper in the Troy Sentinel uh, to great acclaim. Right. Everybody loved this poem. And then he jumps forward and he says, yes, I wrote it. And then decades later, I think after Moore passed away. I think so. I don't uh, really know. the, The family of Livingston actually claimed that it was written by their ancestor instead. I don't know. I think they found some 
some like handwritten things in the closet or in the attic or something. Anyway. I, I presume. But, That's a Livingston joke. I presume. I presume. Yeah. Oh, God. Back to the current movie uh, that we just watched it. It, it stars uh, Tori DeVito as Madison Rush, a popular actress who wants to direct. And this play is her first effort as a writer-director. So in the movie, um, she actually has is the one that has come up with the story. Uh, that you know, it's like the recreating of the facts. I liked it because uh, that part of it, because it was like a lot of uh, some Hallmark uh, actors. Did we mention Peter Benson, who have gone into <laughs> directing? Uh, uh, Ali Lieber and some other folks have transitioned into directing as well as acting, and it was kind of like she was playing one of those those uh, actors who's she's trying to transition yeah, into, she's into directing. Transition. Yeah, she's trying to transition. So, uh, so that's a, it. It's part of her storyline. Anyway, she uh, she has a she's mounting this play. And it's backed by this certain producer. So she has a great leading man in the the character Connor Avery, who's played by Zane Holtz. And I'm sorry, but that is like the most fabulous name ever for <laughs> leading man, Zane Holtz. Anyway, uh, it's like a romance novel. Yeah, uh, but uh, but he looked like a guy from a romance novel. Yeah, but she is uh, saddled with a with a very inexperienced female lead who got the part because her boyfriend is the producer. That never happens, does it? Actually, uh, never. As, and uh, as well as a, she's got a script that keeps changing, uh, according to the, the the producer keeps coming up with ideas and trying to make it better or whatever. So um, she is researching for this script, trying to bring it together. In she's in the library, and uh, the um, the the ghost of Livingston appears and attempts <laughs> to <laughs> nice special effect, Michael, uh, and attempts to rewrite the story. Um, Madison is inspired by this uh, to include Livingston, who is standing there before her in full 19th century regalia. Um, but she thinks he's just a reenactor. Cause yeah, they with, always a, have with these, an incredible costume. Yeah, and uh, attitude and doesn't break character at all. Anyway, um, she decides to rewrite the, the play uh, as a trial. Um, I mean, it was basically the trial, I should digress here, but the, the trial is about... Um, who wrote this play? And at the end of it, the the audience is the jury, and they have to decide who you know who. Well, they've the case. they've chosen people from the audience to be right. in the jury. So well, they basically have to the audience, so. right? Yeah, and that's how it's written. So, um, she decides she has this inspiration to use Livingston as a character, as the ghost. The ghost comes back. They call the ghost as a witness, and so she brings Livingston into this, but partway through more not to be outdone as a spirit from the afterworld decides he's going to be a witness too. I mean, he's a, he's a ghost up. too. He's a ghost. Yeah. I, he shows up. He sounds like the same ghost. Same ghost. Anyway. Um, it's really, it's an interesting movie. Um, we, we, we really liked it. The, uh, we liked the whole backstory of, uh, and second story of, uh, you know, the, the poor leading lady actor, who was really having a hard time, but because Madison is a uh, the child of a of a really talented um, theatrical uh, person, her mm-hmm. father was in right. the theater, and um, he's given her a lot of um, good tips and hints on how to be a better actor. So she uses them on her, and she creates this incredible uh, actor out of kind of not much. Yeah, so, that's uh, that, that's really interesting. I think the the actress who plays the really bad actress who turns into a good actress did a great job. That's uh, Sophie uh, Bastel. Um, 
So my hat's off to her. She did a great job. Yeah, and, and the thing I liked about this movie, because I always love courtroom dramas. So here we've got this courtroom drama. And in real life, they staged this whole thing with real attorneys in a real courthouse with a real judge, which is, yeah, which is fascinating. And do they still do this? Up there they did it two years in a row, but I think I there's an online uh, video of it someplace. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, they might have webcast it live. I don't yeah. know what they did, but that's how they did it. And that's how Hallmark heard about it. And they bought the rights to the whole yeah. thing. And I think it's really, you know. it, was, it was quite smart on their part. It's, it right. was, it's an entertaining movie. And uh, we, again, watch, we watch every movie at least twice because we don't want to come to the table and have like the wrong facts or not see something that we should have seen. Well, right. So. Plus, it's also kind of a movie about the arts because, you know, sometimes there's a dispute who wrote what. And that's what this, yeah, that's this, true. and it's hard. How yeah. do you prove something from so long ago, you know? Yeah. And so really apparently the play came out different every time. And so the movie has a take and how it yeah. comes out, who, who they, they, who wins the, so the case. So of course there's a love story and, um, there's again, a, a um, kind of a path of, uh, following your dreams and, uh, it's, it's a good movie. So it's a very good movie and uh, great acting. It was, uh, uh, it, it, it depicts uh, Troy, New York. Of course, it was in, made in Canada. The interesting, I'll just point out, earlier on, when we talked about a holiday spectacular, mm-hmm. uh, it takes place in New York and was shot, a lot of it was shot in New York City, but a lot of it was also, some of it was also shot in Troy, New York. So there's a little connection between oh, these two yeah, movies. So kind of a New York episode here. So yeah. New York, Connecticut episode. So. so for our final movie today at the Hallmark Cafe, it's the After Dinner Mint. And this is a just a really, really fun movie that um it just kind of it's, it's just kind of endearing i guess that's why i liked it at first i thought oh this is just gonna be i don't know one of those movies and it was not as you got further into the movie and the movie uh it, tell us the movie Mike. the movie is called inventing the christmas prince it was directed by paul ziller and written by kim byer johnson uh, and stars uh, uh ronnie rowe and uh um Tamara Maori uh, Housley. I yeah. can't say that name. Because you're Scottish. It's Tamara Maori Housley. So, but, uh, and that's, to me, the, the performances really take this movie along. Yeah. So Yeah, I would say so, because it could go over the top and be really, really kind of smarmy, but it doesn't. It's just, it's sweet. You can kind of, you can kind of go with it. But, uh, oh, basically the movie is, uh, you know, about um, Shelby, who's played by uh, Tamara, is a rocket engineer and a single mom who entertains her young daughter, Gracie, who is played brilliantly by Isabel Birch. Uh, best kid actor I think I've seen in a very long true. time. True, and I will say, there was a great bunch of kid actors this season Yeah, there season was, actually. Hallmark. That's true. She's another one of them. Yeah. Just a great casting there by Hallmark. So, um, anyway, she entertains her daughter with a Christmas story every year about a magic Christmas prince who fulfills wishes of his chosen Christmas queen. And there's a lot more to it. It's very elaborate, the story. You'll have to watch the movie. Uh, to to get the whole gist of it, but uh, basically uh, Shelby is in the middle of quitting her job uh, because her boss Evan, who's played by Ronnie Rowe, was insisting they all work on Christmas. He didn't have the best people skills. He, no, and the, which was great. Evan. That was a he did but great that was performance. The deal. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, uh, Gracie, who's visiting her mom at the office while she's finishing up work, uh, comes out and spots uh, the spot on Evan's hand where supposedly Rudolph kissed him as a baby. He has a birthmark on his hand, right where her mother said there would be one. So now she's convinced that he is the Christmas prince. And, uh, but because Evan is now at risk of losing his job if anyone else quits, Shelby blackmails him into playing the part of the prince. 
In her Th- that sounds story. worse than it is, but yeah. No, it, well, you know, yeah. she d- she doesn't really want to lose her job, right? Uh, but uh, but she really doesn't want to uh, have her her daughter's you know faith in humanity right. destroyed. So, in right. her because you know they just lost their she just lost her dad not too long ago. So anyway, so I I, I bought into that. That was good. I mean, me with kids, I I don't have any kids, but I know if I had a kid, I probably would pretty much say no i'm sorry santa isn't real oh, don't say that <laughs> on the like, air <laughs> that's just what i would say oh that's what you'd I'm say saying that oh would, you know. yeah, yeah. anyway um so they make this bargain and, and then over the course of it evan grows into a much more caring friend and person and boss and of course a love develops between the three it's really a love story about the three he yeah. falls in love with uh with shelby but he almost falls in love with the little girl first, just captures his heart. Right. So it just melts him. And um, and I think uh, after this movie, I think I, I believe in women as great scientists and I believe in the Christmas prince. Because in that way, it has a little bit of element of the Christmas carol where you know, his heart is melted. He's kind yeah. of Scrooge-like. Well, but yeah, not, but he's, not, he's, he's not, not really a bad Scrooge. guy. He's not he's really just, Scrooge, yeah, but he's, he's... He's never had his heart opened by But that's anything. like Scrooge, he's you know. He's just very so. analytical and... Mm-hmm. And uh, he's not mean no. or anything. No, he's, he's not just, mean. He's just very practical. He looks just kind of confused. <laughs> so, but he, the way he played the part was just so great. Yeah. He was, you know, he's very internal. And the way it was shot really was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just, I was great a lot. And Paul Ziller also directed the earlier the stories, We yeah. Wish You a Merry Christmas this year. So he made two movies and I really like this yeah, Christmas yeah. season. So yeah. anyway, so that's it for today's jam-packed episode of Hallmark Cafe. Uh, we're glad you could join us today. And uh, we will... Uh, have a bunch more movies next time. Well, I like this episode where we went from rockets to rocket scientist. Oh, I see what you did there. I'm not <laughs> sure it was... Okay. Yeah, yeah, this is a fun bunch of movies. We yeah. recommend them all. So. It's all right. So join us next time on Hallmark Cafe where love is always on the menu. Hallmark Cafe is a copyrighted program produced by High Horse Productions. Our theme song was written and performed by Diane Killen and the Hallmark Cafe illustration was created by Daniel Killen. Be sure to find Hallmark Cafe on Instagram and check out our Facebook group. 